0: Here we go! You are listening to Rumination Law and Gospel on this Tuesday, December the 13th, in the year of our Lord, 2022, just a few days before 2023. And today we're going to be taking a look at the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
1: And grant some
0: captive Israel, at
1: points in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appeared.
0: that is, O come, <clears throat> O come, Emmanuel. It's a canticle assigned to the vespers called the Magnificat. That's the Song of Mary from Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. When it is sung, a lot of times, it is preceded and followed by an antiphon. That's a single verse that connects the Magnificat with the holy day being observed. Uh, During the seven days before the eve of the nativity of our Lord, the antiphon begins with the word O, followed by a form of address to Christ. These were in use at Rome no later than the eighth century. The various antiphons deal with Wisdom, the Lord, the Root of Jesse, the King of David, Dayspring, King of the Nations, and God with us. Each divine title from the Old Testament is followed by a description of the Son relating to the title and the petition to come. The author, of the Antiphon varies in late medieval and post-Reformation sources. It is found in the 1613 chant book for the Lutheran Cathedral of Magdeburg. It contains actually 12 antiphons and includes a few others. We are just going to be taking a look at the hymn itself We do not know who the author was. It was unidentified, but it's used a lot of times during the season of Advent, obviously, because of the antiphons. So, we've got with us, I'm Tom Baker, Pastor Mark Smith. Pastor Smith, have you ever used the antiphons when Singing, "Old come, O come, Emmanuel?
1: No, I'm a little bit uh, ignorant of the background of those antiphons. Tom, I appreciated your introduction at the beginning. Uh, they sound very ancient. Uh, it's it's nice how the new hymnal, uh, the, the hymnal that we have a Lutheran service book, it's nice how it's printed out those O antiphons on the page opposite of the hymn. I think that's very helpful. Yes. And I believe if you look at those antiphons there's an asterisk after right in the middle of each one and I'm guessing that the asterisk means after you've read that first part of the antiphon then you then you sing that first uh you sing the uh, cor- corresponding uh, stanza of the hymn
0: Um let me see I'm not sure that's right because It actually has words after it, uh, come and teach us the way of prudence, etc. So I'm not sure what the asterisk is there. Okay. we are going to look at the seven verses of the actual hymn, if you would start with stanza one.
1: All right. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.
0: Now, a lot of people may not know where the word Emmanuel comes from. Can you explain that?
1: Yes, that's from from the Old Testament. Uh, uh, It's the prophecy that... that a, vir- a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God himself would be with us. This is not just any any common messiah or any military or political deliverer. This is the, the point being made in that prophecy. It is God himself would come and be with us, which is what Jesus is.
0: Yes. And so we Christians who have faith in Jesus, we can say that God is with us because we are now part of the family of the Holy Trinity, having been adopted by God and given faith, righteousness, and salvation. In fact, the second part of the verse, what's the purpose of him becoming Emmanuel?
1: Well, he came, he came, uh, the, you're talking about the second part of the verse? Well, to, uh, that mourns in lonely exile here until no, the Son before of God. That,
0: before that.
1: And ransom captive Israel. Right. Yeah, he's come to ransom us, uh, to to win us back from sin, death, and the devil. To atone yeah, for it. all of our sins and, and uh, bestow on us eternal life and salvation.
0: An interesting word that they use there in the translation ransom. Yes. How do we understand the word ransom?
1: Christ has what? atoned. He's paid, he's paid the, the price of all of our sins by his suffering and death on the cross.
0: How are we captive Israel?
1: We're captive of we're captive in the bondage of our chains, the chains of sin, death and hell
0: excellent yes so the devil also has us in captivity and we mourn in lonely exile here now how many times do people think of their life on earth as an exile
1: probably not many unless they unless they are literally in exile they're maybe alienated from their family or maybe even from their country or or from their friends they may feel that way
0: what apostle was in exile
1: well let's see i would think of the i would think of the apostle Paul. oh oh no john john yes. on the isle of patmos
0: very good
1: john on, on right
0: And of course, he was the only apostle we know of who did not die a martyr's death. And so we're here on earth, which is an exile from the Garden of Eden, until the Son of God appears. And he shall come to us, O Israel. All right, I'll read stanza two.
1: Can I make one more point before we get into stanza two, Tom? Yep. And that is that—that that he is with us even now. Our Lord Jesus, he says, "I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee." He is with us even now, only invisibly. And on the last day, of course, this is Advent. And we we uh, we know that he's coming again. On the last day, he will be with us also visibly.
0: Yes, and there's many Bible verses where he makes that promise. For example, "Call upon me in the day of trouble, and."
1: I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Yes.
0: All right, stanza two. We talked about him being Emmanuel. Now, O come thou wisdom from on high, who orderest all things mightily, to us the path of knowledge show, and teach us in her ways to go. And then the refrain is always the same. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, to teach us the path of knowledge, we're doing a study on Solomon's book on Proverbs. And knowledge is really a gift from the Holy Spirit. And the knowledge, of course, is that Jesus is the ultimate wisdom and he shows us the path of salvation, the narrow path, which is in contrast to the wide path where many people think that by their works they are saved. But instead, it is through faith in the Savior that we are saved. And that's why he's called wisdom from on high.
1: Yes. In fact, he says, Jesus says... uh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. He is that narrow path.
0: Yes. In fact, uh, the first antiphon, which is for December the 17th, is, "O wisdom, proceeding from the mouth of the Most High, pervading and permeating all creation, mighty ordering all things, come and teach us the way of prudence. And that word prudence is referring to the way of salvation. So the antiphon fits really well with second verse.
1: And isn't it interesting, Tom, how that first antiphon, it proceeds from the mouth of God, the mouth of the Most High. He's the Logos. He's the eternal word. Jesus is the word. Uh, that uh, proceeded from the mouth of God, and that was, of course, intimately involved in all creation.
0: Nothing was created that was not created by the Word, according to John chapter 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, obviously referring to the second person of the Trinity, Jesus
1: Christ. Right.
0: All right, stanza three.
1: O come, O come, O come, Thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law, in cloud and majesty and awe, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.
0: Now, we talk a lot about law and gospel, and here it says he did give the law. Why? Is it important that we also give the law?
1: Well, because without the law, uh, in fact, uh, the purpose of us in our preaching, Tom, is to bring our listeners to their knees with the law, with the preaching of the law. The law shows us our sins. Uh, It brings us to our knees and helps us to realize, "I I would be lost. I would be lost without help from God. And then we... We reveal the gospel in Jesus Christ, who is the answer to that law. He's fulfilled the law for us, and he's uh, atoned for all of our sins.
0: Who was the last prophet of the Old Testament that used the law in that way?
1: Well, I would say John the Baptist.
0: Yes. He's referred to as the last prophet in the Bible, and he used the law to move people to repentance, to prepare right. the way of Jesus Christ. right, And that preparation occurs when you realize you cannot obey the law to save yourself. And so we look to Jesus as our Savior. And therefore, he gave the law on Mount Sinai in cloud and majesty and awe. And that was... Uh, gift and a donation by the Holy Trinity to help us be aware of the need for a Savior. Alrighty, I'll read stanza four. O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny, that trust thy mighty power to save and gave them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, what's this about the branch of Jesse's tree?
1: Well, Jesse was the father of the great King David. And uh, it's from that, it's from, you could say, the stump of Jesse or Jesse's tree, that branched out and gave us not only King David, but the Greater David, uh, namely Jesus Christ, who descended from that same tree.
0: And his goal was to free us from Satan's tyranny. Yes. What does that mean?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> we. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. But before a child is baptized, you know, there's there's really only two kingdoms. And that's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of Christ. Yes. And that child who is baptized is plucked out of Satan's clutches, out of his kingdom, and safely brought and embraced into the kingdom of Christ. So without, without faith, without baptism, we are in bondage and in the clutches and chains of, of Satan and his tyranny.
0: Now, we can also come to faith by hearing the word of God, like Romans, etc. Right. and, And the Holy Spirit creates faith there. So the tyranny of the devil, he loves to terrorize people by giving them the impression that they're not good enough to get to heaven. That's right. Das ist der
1: Teufel. We used to say that whenever, whenever we have, uh, whenever we doubt our salvation. The devil wants to lead us. He whispers in our ears, so to speak, and likes to lead us to to, to feel that there's no way God wants you. God doesn't want you. There's no way, with all of your sins, with all of your past mistakes, there's no way God would ever want you. What what kind of a Christian do you claim to be? Das ist der Teufel. That's the devil. And that's his tyranny, that he wants, to, he wants to enwrap you in his tyranny, and of course, Christ our Savior. That's why we always go back to the promises of our baptism, Tom. That Christ has saved us, I am baptized. Yes.
0: All right, stanza five, please.
1: O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.
0: So we heard about Jesus being the branch of Jesse's tree. Now he's referred to as the key of David. What does that mean?
1: Well, he is the key. He is the key. Uh, Well, in fact, we talk about the office of the keys. Yes. Uh, he is the one that opens heaven to us.
0: Yeah, would you read the Antiphon for December 20?
1: Okay. Uh, o da- oh, key of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can close. You close and no one can open. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death.
0: So once more, the antiphon is very close to what we're seeing. that the key of David, as you said, is the office of the keys. He has the keys to heaven. And that key, of course, is through faith in Jesus Christ. Then we are members of the family of God, and heaven is wide open for us. And we go to heaven immediately at our death in the sense that our spirit goes there awaiting the day for our body to be raised from the dead on the day of judgment.
1: Yeah, Tom, I'm also reminded of, I think it's uh, what Revelation chapter 5, where you have the scene of heaven and only the Lamb, the Lamb of Christ himself, only he can open uh, the book that is closed with seven seals.
0: Right. And uh, that's what chapter 6 talks about, the opening of those seals. And what they are is our freedom to go into heaven. Even though we don't deserve it, we are given that freedom and that release from tyranny of Satan. All right. I'll read chapter uh Stanza six. O come, thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, and shall come to thee, O Israel. So... Why is Jesus referred to as dayspring?
1: Well, that's the uh that's the uh, uh the o antiphon for December the 21st. O dayspring splendor of light, he's the he's the light. He's the light of the world. He's the splendor of light everlasting. In fact, uh we're told that uh in heaven there's no need of a uh, of of any sun or uh, any other elemental light. The lamb is the lamp. He lights up everything, and, and there's no darkness. Come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death.
0: It's interesting to note that that also had occurred at the creation of the world, that the first thing that Jesus created was light. Let there be light. That's verse three of Genesis one. And that was before the sun was created. Right. So I remember Dr. Brighton in his commentary on Revelation made the point that it's possible that the sun will still be there, but the real light that we will have is the light of Jesus Christ. Remember we will be lit up in our new bodies, in our new spirits, uh, will be degrees of glory in heaven. And so that's what I believe when the Bible says that when Adam and Eve sinned, they realized they were naked, they lost that glory. And by losing that glory, they recognized they were out of sorts with God, and they tried to hide from God, which is impossible because God is omnipresent.
1: So, yeah, I also I also think of that passage where it talks about uh, the Son of Righteousness arising with healing in His wings. That's Christ, of course.
0: Yes, and it, it talks about the morning star. Right. So light is the opposite of darkness. And December 21, what does it say to the Antiphon?
1: O day, spring, splendor of light, everlasting. Come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death.
0: So that darkness is, as you said before, the kingdom of Satan. And it's really in the shadow of death because we're in exile here on earth and so we look forward to being delivered from the kingdom of satan ransomed by jesus christ and he ransomed us by paying for our sins on the cross you can't talk about jesus without mentioning the cross
1: that's right and the empty tomb
0: Yes, and the Ascension. Yeah, this uh, Wednesday Advent, and I'll be giving that sermon on Friday, is going to be talking about how we were rescued by the resurrection. And I think people are going to find it interesting, the theological point we're going to be making. But you have to listen for Friday to hear that. Okay. Okay. Stanza 7, the last one, please.
1: Let's see. Uh, o king of nations. Oh, let's see. Um, no, no. Oh, o come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel.
0: Now, when I asked you to read seven, you actually went to the antiphon that refers to seven. And what does that say?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, "O king of the nations, ruler, the ruler they long for, the cornerstone uniting all people, come and save us all whom you formed out of clay.
0: Yes, and that's why Jesus is referred to as a desire of nations, how is he a desire of nations? What do nations desire?
1: Well, uh, I guess you've caught me flat-footed, Tom. I would say nations generally uh, desire unity amongst themselves. Well, read themselves. the
0: verse again. Well, it says it right in verse seven.
1: Okay, O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease, and be thyself our king of peace. Yeah, let there be no divisions. We're all one in Christ. That's the hope and prayer of all, or at least all believers.
0: That's the desire of nations. Right. That we will have our sad divisions cease and be thyself our king of peace. Remember what was the first words that Jesus said to his disciples on the night of the resurrection?
1: He said, uh, "A peace.
0: Exactly.
1: Peace so, be with you.
0: O come, O come, Emmanuel. Um, it's a great hymn, seven verses. It can be used for communion, but it's definitely an advent hymn. Thanks so much, Pastor Smith, and helping me, Tom Baker, and explain this hymn with its antiphons. And on tomorrow's long gospel, we'll continue with the study of the book of Proverbs. Until then.